thank you again for joining us from wherever you are. The word for this week in Houston was essential. Which industry is essential, which businesses, uh, and, and which employees inside those businesses. And so I thought it would be a great uh, time to just ask, what is essential in a church? What really matters? When we were starting by City eight and a half years ago, we had a big decision to make. Are we going to have coffee on Sundays? Now, that seems like sacrilege to even bring up such a question now. But back then, it was an important and a legitimate question. We were a small group of people. I was not a coffee drinker, and it's also expensive, and it was going to be sort of hard to pull off. But thankfully, somebody said, you know, when you invite people over to your home, you often offer them coffee. And uh, we're inviting people into our spiritual home, so we should offer them coffee as well. And so we did, and I'm so glad that we did. But what was crazy is that within just even a few weeks, by the end of the first month, we were starting to get recommendations. You know, instead of vanilla, what, what about a hazelnut? Instead of Texas pecan, could you offer a, a house blend? It's remarkable how quickly we can go for, from something being an extra or an amenity to making it feel like it's necessary. And churches offer lots of extras, but those extras have been stripped away right now. Uh, no church has anything extra to offer you right now, so that church better know what is essential, what really matters, what is at the heart. I'm sure we can make a long list today, but there are three things that I want to say out loud that are essential to a church. Number one, Christ is essential to a church. Now, I know that seems so obvious. Of course, Christ is essential to the church, but you'd be surprised how easy it is to leave Christ out of the church. If you've been to a typical prayer meeting at a typical church, you know what I'm talking about. We will, for 55 minutes, talk about prayer, talk about what we're going to pray for, talk about how we're going to pray for those things, and actually spend five minutes on the interacting with Christ and actually praying. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And some said, you're John the Baptist. Some say, you're Elijah, come back from the dead. And Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, says, God has shown you this answer and your name is Peter, which meant little stone, little rock. And upon this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church. Now what's interesting is years later, Peter is now one of the primary leaders of, of all of Christianity. He writes a letter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Peter says, yeah, my name is Peter. I am a little stone, but the main stone, the cornerstone, that's Christ. Here at Bayou City, we have three sentences that mean the most to us. And the first one is we want to be a church with a radical focus on Jesus. And this is exactly why. So that we can say to ourselves, 
We want to make sure that we have a laser focus on the cornerstone. So as we build ministries, as we build opportunities to serve Houston and serve the world, they are in line with that cornerstone. Imagine going to a wedding and everything and everyone is there. The minister is there, the bridesmaids and groomsmen are there, the ushers are there, the flower girl, the ring bearer is there, the people are there, the moms and dads are there, the grandparents are there, the caterers are there, but the bride and groom are not there. When a church loses its way, when it has a focus on anything other than that chief cornerstone, it's like a wedding without a bride and groom. Because Christ is essential to the church. Second thing, the message with a capital N is essential to the church. Also known as the gospel, also known as the good news. Christ has come, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Romans chapter one says that that message is the power of God. It brings salvation to those who are willing to believe. And because it is the power of God, it cannot be bound. The gospel cannot be quarantined. The gospel cannot be furloughed. The gospel cannot be laid off. The gospel belongs to God, and therefore it is unstoppable. And that message, it's been given to us. It's been given to the church. And so I want you this week to preach the gospel. First, I want you to preach it to yourself. You take hope from Christ come, crucified, resurrected, and returning. I want you to preach it to other people. Preach it to other Christians. Help them connect the dots between what they are going through, what they are experiencing, feeling, and what Christ has done for them. And then we need to preach it to people who have not believed yet. You might think, well, this is not really a good time to to be thinking about that. But the Apostle Paul was also stuck in his home, not because of the virus, but because of a prison sentence, and he wrote Philippians under house arrest, and listen to what he says in chapter one, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. The Apostle Paul says, I'm in chains, I'm in prison, I'm, I'm under house arrest, yes, but some good things have happened because of that. Uh, the guards guarding me, they know about Christ now. The other brothers and sisters, they're, they've been emboldened in their faith and in their proclamation of the gospel. I believe that if we will keep fighting the good fight, if we will keep the faith, once this COVID-19 stuff is over, I think we'll be able to say what Paul says in verse 12, that what has happened to us has actually served to advance the gospel, that the problems that we are experiencing now, when partnered with the power of Christ, those problems will become preachers. They will help us proclaim the gospel, the message, because it's essential to a church. And finally, number three, people are essential to a church. Every page of the New Testament has people in mind. In fact, the letters of the New Testament take their names, not from the topics inside, but from the people they're written to or the people they're written by. On every page of the book of Acts are people. 
And that's why even though what we're doing now is so special and what an incredible opportunity together in this way, we all know instinctively it's not the same because people are at the heart of the church. And so I want you to do two things. In fact, in just a second, I want you to pause the live stream and, and, and then unpause it when you're finished. But I, I want you to make a list of the people that are on your heart right now, people that you know. I want you to make a list. I, I, I don't think they're there by accident. God has placed these people on your heart. Two, three, four, five people. And then I want you to brainstorm how you might serve them this week. And then after you've made those two things, then I want you to pray that God would give you the follow through. That by the time we meet next Sunday like this, those people will have been served in Jesus' name because God laid them on your heart today. Because people are essential to a church. We don't have any extras right now. We can't really offer you much. But as long as we have these three things at Bayou City Fellowship, we have Christ, we have his message, and we have his people, then we have more than enough. So God, we pray right now, and we pray in the name of Jesus, that you would lift those three things up in our church family, even at this moment where we're not able to connect the way that we're used to. We pray, Christ, that you would be as present with us in these days as you ever have been before. We pray that the gospel would be like wildfire among our friends and our neighbors and coworkers. We pray that you would bring revival to our city through what is happening to all of us now. And we pray for one another. We pray that we would have the strength to make it one more week. So God, we bless you. And I pray for these brothers and sisters that they would be commissioned, even while staying in their homes this week, that they would be commissioned to be your ambassadors and preachers. God, thank you for, for your help so far. And we trust you that you're going to continue that. We say this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.